catch us on the web at english.rti.org.tw. And welcome to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you so much for tuning in. Up next this hour, I have for you Hashtag Taiwan. With me, actually, we're going to be talking to you a little bit about our Russian service. And we have status update with John and Shirley. But if you've been paying attention, and if this isn't your first time, you'll know we're starting with Here in Taiwan. <laughs> Welcome to Here in Taiwan. Today is Tuesday, September 8th. I'm Leslie Liao. In the studio with me is Shirley Lin. Hello. And Catherine Wei. Hi. How are you guys doing today? All right. All right. A double response. I like that. <laughs> Bodes well for our show. Anyway, in today's show, we're going to be talking about, well, it is 2020. There's a little bit of fake news going out there, but uh, this fake news actually made the hair on my neck stand up. What was it? Well, we'll tell you coming up soon. Next, Shirley's going to tell you about lunchboxes and what we're doing with them to help the homeless. And uh, Taiwan is actually a very prideful country, and that seems to be spreading around the island. One city itself had its very first pride parade. Don't go away. This is all coming up next on Here in Taiwan. I got a doozy of a news story, uh, and this popped up on social media that I first saw. It made me nervous when I see it. Do you guys know what I'm talking about at all? Mm -mm. There was no. a story circulating. Uh, it first circulated on Indian Twitter, and it said that Taiwan shot down a military fighter jet from China. Because there was been there has been uh, elevated military activity around Taiwan, and the thing is, um, it did make me nervous at first. But the inner journalist in me kicked in, and because they said there was there were a number of things about this news story that uh, felt a little inconsistent with what we see every day. Obviously, there have been a lot of uh, Chinese military exercises in recent months, mm -hmm. weeks around Taiwan. And um, you notice a few patterns when uh, they happen as frequently as they do. So what happened was they said that it was a Su-35 fighter jet from China that got shot down by Taiwan. And I was just like, that is not any sort of jet model they have been flying around Taiwan at mm. all. Like, you would know. Like, I have I no idea right, why right? they're flying. Yeah, I don't yeah know. that's what you would know. Okay, <laughs> maybe it was just me, but I was just like, wait, that doesn't seem right at all because a lot of their uh, the, the jet planes that they've been flying around Taiwan, it's always, they always come in threes. They have a reconnaissance fighter, a bomber, and they have... <gasps> that's why you always score at news quiz, right? Is that what I do? <laughs> I just pay attention a little more. And uh, I was just like, ah, that doesn't seem right. And later on, it did come out because there was this footage that came with the news, uh, news report and people were pointing out, I was like, you know what? That does not look like Taiwan at all. Mm -hmm. And the footage, indeed, it did not look like Taiwan. There was like a school trek, and then there was like smoke and fire, and they were saying that the fighter jet was shot down. But 
Um, it did not look like Taiwan at all. No part of Taiwan that I've ever been to looked like anything in that video footage. Mm. And, oh, um, there was video. There was video of it. And, mm. uh, you know, there were a number, a number of things wrong with what I saw. And I shouldn't have jumped to the conclusion that I did uh, in that first second. It was, if, I mean, the, uh, the social media post I saw indeed said it was an unconfirmed report. Mm-hmm. But I was like, oh, no, if this is something that really happened, this is going to spell trouble. Yeah. Um, but later on, this actually made it to the Ministry of Defense. And they said that this is actually fake news. And they're just like, no, nothing flew over. We didn't shoot any Chinese fighter jet down. We don't know where that footage came from. And, uh, you know, it was, uh, can you imagine if that really happened? There have been rumors, right? Like saying China's planning to attack Taiwan uh, around the U.S. elections. There's been so much speculation. Yeah, people are worried. Mm. Um, I know like there's there's been a bunch of military reports coming out lately saying like 2050, 2035. Someone even said like October. I was like, that is very oddly specific. Where are you getting this information from? Anyway, that is all we have, you know, just in the world well, of panic, Leslie. Just it is not real. In my panic, I just, you know, this is this is this is good that it didn't pan out to be real. Stay calm. The panic calm. is not bad. The, <laughs> not good. All right, Trudy. So let's get some good news on the board here. You said uh, Taiwan is doing something to help the homeless. What's going on? Well, actually, these are international students. Oh. It's their way of thanking Taiwan by um, you know, making these food uh, lunch boxes for the homeless mm-hmm. in Taiwan. So it's a actually a monthly free food distribution program initiated by a group of uh, international students from Southeast Asia. And um, it's their way of thanking Taiwan for offering them such good education and, you know, safe from COVID and everything. And so 23 students, uh, part of the Students Helping Initiative Program, which spells into SHIP SHIP. Okay. Anyway, um, backed by um, St. Christopher's Church in Taipei. They made and prepared over 150 baked chicken thigh lunch boxes. I'm getting hungry from Ooh. this. That's and, a lot. Um, you know, lot you know, you know, Southeast Asian food. They they tend to be really good. It's I mean, very good. The chicken is oh. that nicely marinated, and the spices and herbs. Are, well, anyway, all right. So um, they were offering these lunch boxes to the homeless. They were sleeping near the city's historic Longsan Temple area. Yeah, we do have a lot uh, of homeless that people is a, around it's that area. It's a population area. out there, actually. Yeah. 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 Um, there. I think there's a lot of communities that are like low income, you know, communities around there. Maybe that's why there are these homeless people. I don't know. Maybe. I mean, it's just a very old part of Taipei City, I have to say. It, it is, is an old, part, old town. part of Taipei. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Anyway, so um, so there's this Vietnamese nun, uh, Sister Mary um, Nguyen, um, told CNA that the purpose of the program is to let the students find joy and happiness in serving the community around them. Basically telling them that, hey, you're receiving good education from Taiwan, so you should show appreciation for the country by giving back to society. So, you know, it's all, like I said, the lunchables were all prepared by and packaged by the students, and they bought the ingredients paid, and they were paid out from their own pockets. 
Wow. Oh, wow. Good yeah. work. Nobody helped them. So these students, they raised the money during the summer holiday by selling cooked food to, I guess, individuals, you know. Um, so they, they made money that way, also okay. from food. But oh. anyway, um, so there's this student, a 26-year-old master's uh, degree student at the National Taipei University of Nursing and Health Science, said that the program is not simply just handing out free things to homeless people, but it also shows that the students are willing to share what they have with the community in Taiwan. And it also trains them to learn about empathy and um, um, and, and then be able to interact with the, uh, with the homeless and try to understand what they're going through in their life. Um, that's according to a 25-year-old Malaysian journalism student, hmm. Raymond Lowe, who is completing his final year at National Zhengzhou University, which I think is probably the second top university in Taiwan. Um, and then there's this Vietnamese priest father, Van Diet. Um, he says the program is meaningful because Taiwan provides a very safe environment for the students, even in the midst of COVID-19. But generally, Taipei is, you know, Taiwan is a very safe place very to be. So, they can, so that they can continue education. So they feel very safe. And, you know, Taiwan offers a wonderful education. It's a great way for them to say thank you to Taiwan for a marvelous job. And I, they meant like containing COVID-19. Okay. And um, there's also a student, a 44-year-old master's student from the Philippines who's studying at National Taipei University of Nursing and Health Sciences, said Tom's successful response to the pandemic has allowed him to concentrate on his studies, despite the fact that the pandemic is still, you know, raving, uh, oh. wreaking havoc in, in other parts of the world. Mm. So, um, and then echoing the success, 32-year-old Indonesian student who graduated in February with a master's program at the National Taiwan Ocean University in Jilong, said Taiwan is doing better than his own home country, which is Indonesia. And, um, you know, he was saying that there hasn't been any um, uh, domestic infections since April 12th. So we are doing good. And then there's a homeless guy who didn't want to be identified. He really actually hopes that the media can help spread more awareness on the dire circumstances of these homeless people in the area. Mm. Mm. So the same program, actually, they had done something similar before on August 1st when they distributed 100 chicken drumstick lunchboxes to homeless people at the Taipei main station, they which is yet some... another place with a lot of homeless oh, people, too. Is. That, is, yeah. that, is, that is the second place. I, I, that, I, yeah. That's actually the, uh, the first place first I tend to think of I tend to when think there's a lot of uh, homeless areas. I mean, I, I did go to Longsan Temple, yeah. and there is a actually a bigger population i just don't go there that often mm -hmm. so my mind doesn't really correlate it have you guys ever done any charity work i'm sure uh yeah actually i remember but this was years ago um Me we too. organized Long uh, time ago. <laughs> yeah our church organized a um sort of like a uh these um what do you call these it's like a oh it's like meals elderly. on wheels oh okay yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, well it's an you know it's an elderly people community and they're usually like li they, live they live alone, alone. Mm. And um, we actually went and helped clean up their apartments. Oh, wow. That's really nice. That is yeah. nice. But and there must have been a lot of stuff. Ooh. Years and years of belongings. Yeah, um, yeah you have no idea. I mean, they kind of live in the dump, you know. What you find, surely? Anything valuable? Anything <laughs> oh, yes. Rat corpses. Ooh, okay. <laughs> Not that valuable, but that is quite the find. Yeah. All right. Let's talk about 
Taiwan Pride is always a big deal.、Um, it is, and we, I guess, that kind of celebrates it as a country as a whole. But now you're telling me that cities、mm. are getting in on some of the pride parades, and Taiwan, one of Taiwan's major municipalities, just had its own, right? Yeah. So usually, I think the nationwide pride、uh, parade slash event is in October.、Um, mm. That's yet to come. That's about right. Yeah, but、uh, Taoyuan had its pride parade early, just on Sunday,、uh, September fifth, I think. Huh. Yeah, it was、uh, Taoyuan's first ever pride parade, and hundreds hundreds of people showed up. So pretty good for a first time event. How many? Hundreds. hundreds. It just says hundreds. oh hundreds. Okay.、Mm. Um. Yeah. I think pretty good, but also what made headlines was the mayor himself was there.、Mm. Um, I think he is very supportive of the local LGBTQ community. Okay. Yeah, not a lot of mayors have stepped out and and voiced their support, so this is new. Or, is that right?、Mm. I, I it seems like I don't know. I guess because it、uh, we I don't want to say recently, but le-、uh, gay marriage got. Legalized maybe a year ago, maybe、yes. a year and a half ago.、Uh, May last yeah, year. Yeah. So I think I may get that mixed up with like this kind of like a consensus among government officials. I didn't realize that this would be a big deal, but I mean, Sun Wenchun, he is part of the ruling DPP party,、right. and they are the ones that kind of pushed the,、um, legislation. the legislation through. So there, he has every reason to kind of like step out there and be supportive of this. He's also got a very high support rating among the mayors. I'm. I, I, yeah, I think so. I、yeah. like this guy. Yeah, yeah. yeah he's personable. He's a, yeah, he's a great guy and friendly、um, guy. You know, he does a lot of things,、mm. and you know, obviously, he also shows a lot of、um, support for the、uh, the migrant worker community there too, because、yeah, yeah. they've got a huge one in Taoyuan. Yeah, he's a great guy. I like this guy. Ah, I mean,、um, people are saying like he's got he's putting up really good numbers for a mayor that he might be. Look, I ain't at the presidency. I mean,、wow. there's been a lot. I mean, that's what I heard. Like, don't take it from me. Did <laughs>、okay, I take, we'll it, take from it from、me? you? Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> I'm just saying. Like, I don't know. This is this might be a, a possibility. I mean,、uh, who knows? I mean, we just had our presidential elections earlier this year, so we're not looking until for another four years, which is and the next one is the mayoral elections coming up in the next two years. But, he got reelected, is that right? For a Taiwan mayor, I right? I think so. Yeah, he, was, he so, was just super. This is his second term. Major support.、Right. So we'll see where he's going after 2022. But、uh, good on Taoyuan, you know. Hopefully, this will kind of、uh, send some waves out. Yeah,、Maybe、they also、we'll... had a picnic. Oh really? Yeah, for Pride. Oh. Oh okay. I didn't、nice. realize that. Huh.、Mm. So are we still going to have the big one, the the Pride parade in October? I think so. And we、really? are. Wow. And okay, surely this not next, to take a word on it.、Oh, no. This next、uh, story that I have might clear some、uh, reason why. <laughs> okay.、Ooh. All right.、Um, last week when we were at work, last Thursday、uh, when we were at work, there was a bit of a disturbance because our office, the radio station, Radio Taiwan International, is situated next to Dajia Riverside Park, which is a huge, wide-open space where they hold a lot of festivals and a lot of events. And there was one where they were testing the sound system, and it was a big old sound system, and it almost shook、uh, the building. Yeah, it did. <laughs> we could hear it、afternoon. all the way here. Yeah, we could hear it all the way out because our our office is close to the riverside. But、mm-hmm. like, if you want to make that distance with sound, it's got to be a huge system.、Mm, it was very loud. Anyway, guys, that was 
in preparation for a music festival called S2O, and it took uh, it took place over the weekend oh. from Saturday and Sunday. I saw it in oh. the news. You lots of people went. Right? Lots of people yeah. went. Do you want to guess how many people went? Take a guess. Uh, 20,000. Surely? Um, I'm not... 30,000. <laughs> oh, you're right. You guys are right in between. 25,000 people oh, goodness. went to this music festival. And when you want to talk about numbers like that during the pandemic, mm, oh, kind of yeah, alarming. Right. It is almost uh, alarming, right? 25 people. And there, were, there, were no, there was no social distancing. Mm, there was no, no outdoors. This is a huge gamble. Mm-hmm. But at the same time, like, if this is going to happen any place... I guess Taiwan might be among the safer places now. Mm, yeah. And this drew a lot of comparison for um, a big pool party that was thrown in Wuhan in China oh, on August 15th. Now, Wuhan, they don't know if they have the um, this pandemic under control because there's been a lot of talk about the opaqueness of uh, China's numbers. Mm. And they had a big 3,000-person pool party on August 15th. And people were, they reacted like very negatively to that. But mm. when you hear that there's a 25,000 music fe- person music festival going on in Taiwan, people were just like, nah, yeah, I guess it's Taiwan. Just another day here. Yeah. <laughs> anyway, do you, have you, do you guys know anything about um, S2O? No. No. Is it new? It, it's actually taken from Thailand. And it's Ooh. a water festival. So, like, they play oh. the EDM music and they spray water into the crowd. Oh. And it was kind of a... An interesting week to have it because a weekend to have it because mostly in Taiwan it was very it's been very hot this yeah. summer but mm. those past two nights those that the past weekend it was like the coolest it's been in like three months oh okay so that's people, true yeah people got very very cold uh. it got chillier <laughs> anyway over one hundred DJs wow. played at this uh, electronic music festival that's huge and um, there was uh, a DJ from the Netherlands and one from Spain. Mm. One is DJ Mike Williams, one is Danny Avilia, and they came and they underwent 14 days of quarantine. <gasps> oh, just for the event? Just for the event. Just to, That's just, pretty aww. wild. I mean, I think they're just itching to get out. And the way they had true. the opportunity to get out, I would just jump like, at it. Let's just go. Um, and then there were a few uh, local artists. Do you guys know Lin Zirong? Mm, Sorry. No. Uh, no. March 23? No. <laughs> <laughs> eh. All right, I don't know. I don't know not an guys. EDM person. I don't oh. know these guys either. But oh. yeah, I'm not a I'm not very much EDM either. I We're mean, sorry. From the way we reacted collectively <laughs> on Thursday to them testing the sound system, it was like jung 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 all day, and you all could day. see everybody in the office slowly losing their patience. I was yeah, about really. to call the city government. Yeah. <laughs> Actually, we learned something about Kat in that she a knew the city government number by heart, and b has done it on multiple. Locations. Yeah, I've called them on on like construction. Do they know you? Okay. Um, I I think one lady knows me. Like, <laughs> she's always on this. If if I called on a certain night, like certain night of the week, you it's always her. <laughs> well, you know, like sometimes for a while they only did constructions on Wednesday nights and Friday nights around mm-hmm. my neighborhood, and every time I called, it's like that same person. Oh. <laughs> yeah, and she's like, "Oh, that intersection." I'm like, "Yes." <laughs> like, you, I was like, "Oh, I think I think I know who it is." You anyway, <laughs> well, you are exercising your right uh, for being a Taipei citizen, Kat. So good on you for for doing that. I mean, I don't even know like these services are available. You obviously do. It's 1999. Call 1999. <laughs> <laughs> They should, they should get you to do a commercial for them. Oh, Just gosh. like, are you sick? 
of the construction going around your house. Yeah. <laughs> Do you not know who smoking. to call? My name's Catway. One nine nine nine. Gosh. Let's talk about uh, this heartwarming story about a crossing guard lady who has been doing this for, what, 20 years? Even well after her kids have graduated from school. She just, this is just an example of when you find what you love, you just do it. For life. For uh, life. Yeah, this lady in Kaohsiung is 74 years old. And she says she's a uh, crossing guard for a... Uh, an elementary school in Kaohsiung, and she says her own three children and five grandchildren have already graduated from the same oh, elementary school. So she's got Even double generations. Uh huh. Wow. Okay. Yeah, five grandchildren. All of them have graduated. Wow, graduate. Oh. And she says, "I'm the only person who's not graduating. <laughs> like, I'm gonna stay here and do it for as long as I can." Uh, so you said. What, 20 years? 20 and she's years. how many years old right now? Uh, she is 74. So she's been doing it since she was 54. Yeah, in mm-hmm. her mid-50s. Does she have a day job or? I don't think so. No? I don't think so. Um, she hmm. is uh, likely a housewife. It doesn't may it isn't clearly stated in the news report but she looks very happy but don't uh if correct me if i'm wrong but mm. like the high schools outside of my house they have students doing the crossing guard duty oh yeah, yeah. they have i think a crew like you have parents, parents or volunteer relatives mixed like, in yeah and more, more students than grown-ups yeah, yeah. but there is like one grown-up at each intersection mm. that kind of monitors that seems like a lot of resources for something relatively simple. Like, it is, but isn't there like a PTA meeting it's that free? <laughs> I mean, I guess so. You don't get paid, but it means getting to school pretty early. Oh yes, right? I I waited during the rush hour. Yeah, like, you, you could if you were a student. Um, it, if it was your class or your year's turn, you got out like thirty minutes early. Oh, and, you know, like you get a little bit of power. Over other students. No, that is. So, how old were <laughs> yeah. you? Twelve. That's such a twelve-year-old wow. thing to be concerned about, yes. like getting oh. out of school early. And wait, is it like every day? Yeah, yeah. So it was right? every day for your class. Maybe got two weeks uh-huh. in rotation every school okay. year. Okay. Yeah, and for two weeks you didn't get yelled at for crossing the street. You could yell at other people. Oh, you were the one uh-huh. yelling at other people. Oh yeah, right. Or, yeah. They gave you that level of authority? Just well, like, they gave you like little whistles to hang yes. around your neck. <laughs> you have to wear a vest, right? Don't yeah, you? the vest. And they gave you sticks, yeah, not, to, sticks not to yeah. hit people with, but to, <laughs> to block off other kids. Yeah, and I'm learning so much about you and your love for authority. Like, this I mean, is so fascinating. everyone enjoyed it. It was just, also, there was just a lot of poking the ground with the sticks when Poke, you were bored. <laughs> poking the ground with you the know, sticks. You know, you get bored, like, there are like... Grass and mushrooms and... and <laughs> yeah. to, to Where did you go to school again? On... <laughs> uh, Right near um, Sangyeotse Memorial Hall. It's the school adjacent to the is, Memorial Oh. Oh, is there a lot out there? I didn't oh, okay. Yeah, yeah, there is. I forgot the name. But okay. Yeah, I can see why you can see grass. And There's a lot mushroom. to poke at. How interesting <laughs> it is to learn about Catherine and her like, why, why are you in radio? You should be like a police officer or something. I, no, no. I would abuse my power. Don't let me do that. Oh, you would. Oh, wow. I can't believe you just said that we have that on radio. We have that in recording. Well, I have self-restraint. Like, I went into journalism. All right, ladies and gentlemen, you heard it first here, Catherine Way. <laughs> love for authority uh, being an authority figure 
But that's about all the time we have for today, and that's all we're going to be talking about on that subject. Anyway, thank you so much for joining us. This was Here in Taiwan. Up next, again, we have hashtag Taiwan and status update for Here in Taiwan. I'm Leslie Liao. Uh, I'm Shirley Lin. And I'm Catherine Wei. Have a good day, guys. Don't go anywhere. There's still 50 minutes of features. Welcome to this week's Hashtag Taiwan. I'm your host, Leslie Liao. Thank you so much for joining me. In this week's show, we're going to do something a little different. Now, usually we look at social media trends in Taiwan, but this week I actually found something very interesting happening at our very own radio station, Radio Taiwan International. Now, we have 13 different language services here. There's a lot of them. But this week, I want to focus on our Russian team who is holding a very interesting contest. Now, during this COVID-19 pandemic, something called Museum at Home trended. It was started by the Getty Museum in Los Angeles. And the RTI Russian service is actually doing something very similar in the form of a contest. Can you participate? Absolutely. What are the rules? Well, stick around. Hashtag Taiwan is going to tell you everything coming up next. Speak on Hashtag Taiwan, I want to talk to you about Russian. Now, by no means am I an expert in anything Russian at all. I only know that Dasvidaniya means goodbye, Da means yes, the Russian leader's name is Vladimir Putin, and the capital city is Moscow. But did you know that Radio Taiwan International, which is the radio station that produces Taiwan Insider, I feel like that's something you all should already know, has 13 different language services. There's Mandarin, Taiwanese, Hakka, Cantonese, English, Japanese, Indonesian, Thai, Vietnamese, Spanish, German, French, Korean, and as you can probably guess, Russian. But before we jump in, I've got a question for you. Are you hopelessly bored? Are you all Netflixed out? Are you under lockdown with no foreseeable end in sight and every morning you wake up staring into a void of nothingness, which is also a perfect metaphor for the amount of things you have to do each day? If so, consider doing the museum challenge. In late May, the Getty Museum in Los Angeles challenged people to recreate a work of art with objects and people in your home. People reacted with all kinds of responses, ranging from abstract minimalistic representations of famous artworks to full-blown reenactments complete with full makeup and wardrobe. At this point, you're thinking, 
How did we get from Russian to fine art? I know, and you know, that I have the attention span of a lima bean, but each week I keep it together just enough to keep hashtag coherent. A few weeks ago, the RTI Russian service introduced their Gu Gong at Home Challenge. Chinese lesson time, you guys. Gu Gong is the Chinese name of Taiwan's National Palace Museum. It's home to 700,000 ancient Chinese artifacts, making it one of the largest collections in the world. So what does the Gu Gong at Home Challenge entail? Don't take it from me. Take it from the Russian service. Members from RTI's Russian service took turns dressing up and recreating art found in the National Palace Museum to show what the challenge is all about. Here they recreated a statue of a Tang woman. Here is a recreation of a painting from the Qing Dynasty. And here is a recreation of another Qing Dynasty painting. You know, if I didn't know any better, I'd say I walked into a time machine and traveled right back to ancient China. Yes, you can participate, and here are the rules. One. Take inspiration from any piece of art at the National Palace Museum. You can find a link to the museum's art database in the show notes below. Two, recreate that piece and take a picture. Three, send the picture to russ at rti.org.tw. Be sure to include Gu Gong at home in the subject line of your email. Don't forget a picture of the original artwork you've decided to imitate. Four, you can send several photos, but it must be of the same artwork. Five, creativity and humor are welcome, Photoshop is not. Winners will receive a prize from the Russian service, which is apparently something from the National Palace Museum. Winners will also have their photos showcased on the Russian service's Facebook page. The deadline is September 20th, and winners will be announced on September 27th. What are you guys doing? Get to imitating, get to photographing. Send your pictures to RTI's Russian service. And when you do, you tell them Leslie sent you. And that's about going to do it for this week's Hashtag Taiwan. Thank you so much for listening. And as always, if you have any questions, comments, or suggestions, go ahead and send them to our Facebook page at facebook.com slash Taiwan Insider or facebook.com slash Radio Taiwan International. Send us a message and I'll be sure to get back to you. Anyway, guys, until next week, stay safe, stay happy, and stay healthy. I'll talk to you again soon. And don't forget to participate in the Russian Service's Gugong at Home Challenge. If you're stuck at home with nothing better to do, why not? You can get a nice artifact from the National Palace Museum. And don't forget, in your email to the Russian service, tell them Leslie sent you. This is Status Update. Welcome to Status Update. I am Shirley Lin. I'm John Van Trieste. We're going to be getting to your letters. Letters you write us to let us know what programs you heard in this past week and what you think about them. But uh, today we're going to do a little bit differently. Yeah, we're not updating our own status today. Right, we don't have right. Much time for that because we have. A, well, I guess we will be updating our status in a way. <laughs> uh, we right. had a visitor. Yes, we did. You know, um, he is also a broadcaster like us. Um, he's from. Uh, he's in his fifth year student at. Uh, the Brigham Young University in Utah, right? USA. I think so. And uh, um, so he was visiting for a month. Uh, he studies, um, it was broadcasting journalism. 
Right. I had a, a short little interview with him. He came and then he was given a tour of the RTI and as, as well as um, it happened to be the day when we were recording Taiwan Insider. So he had, you know, just Back, kind of watched it from the side. Backstage pass. Right, right, right. He really enjoyed it. And I thought, wow, this is great. You know, an opportunity to interview someone who's in the same profession as us. Yeah. And, and we, you know, with COVID and everything, we don't get visitors very often these I days. Know. So that was a nice exactly. change of pace as well. Very nice. Yeah. So let's have a listen to this interview I had with him previously. Okay. Here's Joseph Carson. So apparently it's not your first time to Taiwan. It's not. Yeah. And so when was the last time you've been here? So uh, the first time I came to Taiwan um, was in 2016. I was a missionary for the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. You've probably seen them before yes. with the name tags and the bikes. And uh, I was here for two years as a missionary. You liked Thomas so much you decided to come back? Yeah, yeah, I do. I I really enjoyed my time here in Taiwan. I, I went back home to my university and, and kept studying and uh, and took a bunch of classes about East Asian history and politics and government and uh, thought it'd really be a, a cool place to learn more about. Now, you can really communicate in Chinese. Uh, did you pick it up when you were in Taiwan those two years? Um, I, I think a lot of it came in those two years, yeah. I, I got a lot of practice. You're basically speaking it all day when you're on the streets talking with people. It's a hard language. It's tough to learn, and so you have to keep working on it even after you get back. So you were learning it before you came to Taiwan um, in 2016. Yeah, so when you first start your, your life as a missionary, you kind of have to stay for nine weeks at this place called the Missionary Training Center, and they give you sort of the, the raw basics for learning the language. But before that, I had actually never spoken or learned any Chinese before. I, I actually took six years of Spanish. I can't speak any Spanish now. <laughs> <laughs> okay. And I have to say that I've already heard some Chinese spoken by Joe, and you you sound fluent. You do. I don't think I'm fluent. You've got but... the perfect accents and, you know, intonations and everything. <laughs> <laughs> Thank you. <laughs> okay. Anyway, so have you been listening to RTI programs at all so in any language? When... Uh, I think it was last year. I uh, I looked up just Chinese radio programs on like just googled it because I wanted to find some things I could listen to to just practice my uh, my listening ability with Mandarin. And uh, I, I found RTI. I listened to a few of the programs, and I, I enjoyed it. It was it was pretty helpful. Oh, Some of the programs talked pretty cool, pretty fast. It was <laughs> a good test. You mean in the Chinese uh, uh -huh. language? What do you think about Taiwan? Taiwan is uh, is a great place to live. It's it's awesome. I love it here. Um, I think especially this year, I've been very impressed with Taiwan's response to the pandemic, um, especially comparing it to my home country. Uh, Taiwan has done so much to keep its people safe, and I really admire that. Anything else they observed while you were here? I mean, this time you were here for a, about, about a, a month. month. Yeah. yeah. What have you been doing? Um, this time I've been eating a lot of food. Mm -hmm. <laughs> <laughs> Taiwan's got a lot of really good food. A lot of things I've never eaten before. Like what? Oh, man. Uh, I went to Tainan, and mm. there I had a bunch of things I don't know how to translate into English. But Sisheng uh, <laughs> Tang. Oh, yes. For God soup. Yeah, it's got pig's intestines. Uh -huh, it's got intestines. And, it's got um, Job's tears. Uh -huh. That's what they're called. Is I it? love that thing. Mm. And it's in the soup that uses rice wine. There's a lot of rice mm -hmm. wine in that. Yeah, it's yummy. I, yeah. uh, I ate frogs, also mm -hmm. known as... Tianji. Tianji. Field chicken. Field chicken. Yeah, isn't it funny why it's called that? <laughs> it's so that? funny. I know, I know. I love that stuff too, mm. actually. It tastes like chicken, I have it to does. say. It does. A little bit 
more a little bit uh, firmer right. than chicken, but I, yeah. I really I liked it. Right. Oh, good for you. You're you're someone who's adventuresome, huh? Mm. What do you think about um you know the broadcasting world in Taiwan? I don't know podcasts. You mm. listen to podcasts? I do listen to a lot of podcasts. Yeah, Taiwan is catching on, and we do put up programs. You know, automatically become podcasts. Actually, Taiwan catching on with this podcasting mm. is really slow. You know, compared I, to the rest of I the world. I was wondering why that might be. When I was here in 2016, I so I've been a huge fan of podcasts for years and years and so i would always ask people like just you know learning about people's hobbies i'd be like oh i love to listen to podcasts and they'd be like what (laughs) which is not very popular but lately i've seen a lot of uh, a lot of them Apparently, it, it shot up so fast that it started off with just a couple, like a dozen. Mm-hmm. And in a matter of months, uh, we've got like 2,000 podcasters wow. now. Apparently, you had other plans. I did. Right? And then um, because of COVID, so then you ended up in Taiwan. No, I don't, that sounds bad. <laughs> you didn't end up in Taiwan. <laughs> Taiwan's yeah, a what, great place what, to ex- end up. I know. What happened? Um, so I, I had originally planned this summer to go and shoot a documentary film in Cambodia with my classmates. Uh, and then I was going to go to a model United Nations uh, conference too earlier this year, but all that stuff got canceled because of the uh, the pandemic. I also had an internship that I was going to go and, and do, but that got that fell through as well. So I thought it'd be cool since Taiwan is a place that I am familiar with, a place that I love and have a lot of friends and people that I consider family here too. I thought, and also because Taiwan is doing so well at uh, at. Uh, stopping the spread of the virus and keeping everyone here healthy, I thought it'd be cool to maybe do some kind of short documentary film, like a mini doc about how Taiwan is uh, stopping the virus. Well, that's great. We're doing a good job, right? You're yes. definitely going to put a lot of that <laughs> in, in your of... documentary. Uh, wait a minute. How did you get in here? I mean, we do have our borders open for a few countries, mm-hmm. you know, the low risk and the medium risk uh, countries, but how did America's you manage to get in risk. here? Yes, I know. So the first step is you have to apply for a visa, and then you have to get a a negative COVID-19 test within 72 hours of leaving. And so it's a very long process, and it, it's you have to time it up correctly with buying the plane tickets and all that stuff. And But uh, it, it was kind of annoying, and there was a lot of steps, and it was you know pretty difficult to, to get it taken care of. But it's all part of Taiwan's plan to, to help keep everyone here safe. So I think it was worth it. Yeah, but still, I mean, I thought that now we're only open to students who are here for mm-hmm. a language um, degree, you know, lang- like degree level language program. And uh, for those who have actual work permits from right. companies, I don't think uh, it's really open to anybody else in conditions other than those two or There's so one to speak. where... Uh, you can come to Tanjan just to attend a like a, a conference or um oh is that right uh, like a an exhibition and uh-huh. so I was I got invited to attend a medical technology exhibition. No wonder you got an invitation. Mm-hmm. What well, that helps? Okay, yeah. got it. All of a sudden I was saying, how did you manage to get it? <laughs> but you had to be in quarantine for fourteen days. Fourteen days. Oh, no wonder you've been here for a month. Mm-hmm. So when you go back, you're going to be... You mean, is it required? It's not. It's and not, but you're going to... I almost wish it was, but uh, nowhere in America. I think there's a couple states that require quarantine when you yes. arrive. But um, especially since Taiwan is like lowest of the low risk. There's like oh, so basically no community transmission here. No. It wouldn't really even make sense to quarantine when I got back. Oh, really? Mm-hmm. So you do not intend to quarantine yourself? I don't think so. Most of my classes are online anyway, so I'll probably stay at home for... Oh, all right. Most of got my time it. Anyway, yeah. Oh, 
Okay. All right. Actually, we never got to talking、mm. about why you're such in, you're so into broadcasting. So I've been working at a, a radio station for about three years of of my my time in college, and before that, I worked at a news station. And my major is in the news, and I've done internships at news stations. I just really like broadcast news. I think it's the United States Constitution. We have the First Amendment, talking about the importance of uh of. Freedom of the press, making sure that people are able to know and hear what's going on with their government and their country, and、uh, I, I really like the idea of freedom of knowledge and helping spread important ideas to people. So, did you grow up like listening to radio? Is this something in your family, your parents, that like doing this? It actually is. My <laughs> grandfather、uh, worked in radio his whole life for his whole career. Oh,、mm. well, there we go.、Yeah. So there's history in there.、Mm-hmm. Maybe、uh-huh. inherited that gene from him. So, what part of broadcasting do you like so much?、For、you me- do have a great voice for it, by、Thank、the way. I, <laughs> I actually get that a lot. <laughs>、um, one, I think my favorite thing about broadcasting—it's really fun. It's a really fun way to to interact and get messages out there, especially、uh, live broadcasting, because it's. Dangerous. It's kind of like a roller coaster, you know, where you kind of always feel like something is about to go wrong, but it never does. <laughs> but live radio is the same way. You always feel like something at any point could go terribly, terribly wrong, but most of the time it's pretty safe. But、okay. I really enjoy it. And what have you observed about listening to the Chinese language programs,、uh, RTI's Chinese language programs? Maybe learn a thing or two to bring back with you. I don't know.、Mm. I'm just throwing anything at you. I mean, if you're looking for a way to hear some of the local accent and some really like some maybe learn some words that you don't usually hear a lot,、uh, it's a good way to to practice your listening ability, I think. And I, I've been really impressed with RTI's facilities that I toured today. And really, it's, it's awesome. Yeah, it reminds me of、uh, of home. <laughs> it reminds me of a、uh, of being back in my studio back in Utah. Yeah, but this radio station is like ninety some years old, ninety two. Yeah, we're we're kind of transforming. You know, doing more videos and things like that. But these things, you know, just the councils, these things you see here, they're they're history. They're <laughs> they're antique. Yeah, <laughs> aren't they? So, but anyway, well, any last words you have to say about? Taiwan and to our listeners, I'm really grateful for all the work Taiwan's been doing for the example they've been setting for the world on, on you know how to keep the virus down, and I, I hope they keep it up. All right. Well, it was great to have you on our show. Thank you so much. Thank you so much for sharing your insights and everything, and hope you come back again and enjoy Taiwan more and more as you you know continue to come back and other visits in the future.、Mm, for sure. Yeah. Thank you, and good luck with everything, and、uh, you continue to flourish in broadcasting. Who knows? We're going to hear about you, you know, <laughs> in the future. Like you know, so and so has become like incredible TV anchor or something like that.、Mm, yes, I don't know about that. <laughs> okay. Well, thanks, Joe. Thank you so much. All right. So that was、uh, my little short interview with Joseph Carson from Brigham Young University. Uh, a broadcaster just like us. Anyway, I say it's time we get to the letters, and as always, we always love to hear from you. So our address is PO Box one two three dash one nine nine Taipei Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti dot org dot tw. And of course, we've got a YouTube channel and a Facebook page filled with extra RTI content.、Uh, so please go check those out and leave us a comment. Okay,、um, we've got a letter here, a handwritten letter from someone in Greece. Um, his name is Fortios Padazopoulos. I don't know if we've gotten a letter from Greece before. 
I don't think so. Not yeah. recently, anyway. Anyway, this is exciting. It is. It is. So it was really, really neat to get this letter and um, uh, a little bit about himself. He's 69 years old, retiree, and um, he was using an Eton E1 Senjian ATS-909. Now, the thing is, though, I think if I'm not wrong, he listened in on May, but uh, it seems that we only got it's, the letter now. It's post, and it's so. postscript. May, so I don't know. Yep. But anyway. That's post. He, yeah, okay. <laughs> and also in the midst of COVID, probably. Sure, sure. Right. Um, so he listened to the news, and he said, I assume it was here in Taiwan, because the interference was overpowering, and the propagation very unstable. Um, he listened in at 9405 kilohertz. Uh, so his simple ratings were anywhere from 1 to 2 to 3 is uh, 1-4. Just one four, and then well, there's um, a little bright spot there, <laughs> <laughs> right? Um, he said that I off tuned to ninety four uh, nine four zero five point five and nine four zero five point six bandwidth on four uh, hertz in USB to minimize interference from religious station on nine four zero zero kilohertz. No, that's what he's writing here, and he said that. Uh, um, Okay, so he used the Sanjian ATS-909 with a narrow bandwidth filter and the same 12-meter outdoor wire antenna. To my surprise, the reception was better. At 1630, uh, for, you know, 430 in the afternoon, I had to off-tune to 9406 kilohertz uh, propagation if propagation were better, reception would be much better and pleasant. Don't get me wrong, it was pleasant to listen to RTI. Uh, he had a suggestion for our engineers. He said, can the engineers move to 9410 kHz or to the 25 meters? Well, that's the an thing about issue above our An issue that is uh, above our pay grade, as it yes. were, but we can certainly bring it up with them and see what they have right, to say. Right. And he says, it's been 21 years since June 6, uh, 1999, since my first report, time flies, dot, dot, dot. Stay safe and be well, friends. Greetings from Athens. And again, that was Fotios Hadazopoulos from Greece. We have a, a special letter here um, that I want to get to next. Uh, it's not often that we have people writing us in English about our Spanish broadcasts. Oh. <laughs> I'm going to have to just forward this to Andrea Yeah, um, in our Spanish section. It says, hello from Wisconsin in the United States. I received a broadcast from Radio Taiwan International via WRMI on 5800 kilohertz from 0100 to 0130 UTC on August 29th or 8 to 8.30 in the evening on the previous day local time. I tuned in just before RTI's signature sign-on music and Spanish language ID, then into the headlines for Friday, August 28th, including the Taiwanese president reaffirming the existence of the country and its independence via Twitter, economic cooperation between Taiwan and the Czech Republic being complicated by economic links between the Czech Republic and China, something about the local defense industry, and it says in parentheses here, my Spanish is passable, but I wasn't entirely able to follow this story, unfortunately, and the export of pomelos, I believe that's the word, again in parentheses, yep, mm. that's right, from Taiwan to Japan after a 20-year gap. Uh, definitely, our pomelos are worth trying. Mm -mm. Also in parentheses. That's my parentheses, though. <laughs> um, the headlines were followed by uh, an RTI, a singing RTI jingle, which was the first time I heard it during a broadcast. I mistook it for a song. Oops. That's not the first time I've done that with an RTI singing ID over the years, which gives credit to the musicians involved. Then into Deportiva Taiwan, billing itself as everything you need to know about sports in Taiwan for the week. 
This week was entirely devoted to basketball, leading with the news of an American Taiwanese player, Jeremy Lin, receiving a Taiwanese passport after a significant difficulty. I know next to nothing about basketball. I was more interested in the program that followed, all about a musician known for love songs. There was frequency information, web and email addresses, and postal mailing address that wound up the broadcast with a sign-off at 0130. Signal good, but subject to high local noise, as I live near the center of a densely populated city full of terribly noisy appliances. My first language is English, and my Spanish is only passable, I deliberately listen to RTI's Spanish broadcasts for two reasons, an attempt to improve my second language, and the comparative difficulty of hearing RTI in English in North America via shortwave. I'm fortunate enough to have a local FM station broadcasting the world radio network, including RTI in English, in the evenings, but there's no challenge in that. I do miss your English shortwave broadcasts to North America. If this reception report is valid and you're willing to QSL for it, would you please sign a card to, and there's an address here, uh, this is from Carly Forsyth, writing to us from Madison, Wisconsin in the U.S. Yeah, World Radio Network. Oh, boy. That brings mm. back some memories. It's almost like two in the morning, though. Wow. Okay. You have to like, really stay up for that. So. Yeah. Well, depending on which station you're listening to. So. Right. Yeah, I can understand that. Okay. Well, thank you so much for tuning in. Anyway, well, that's all the time we have today for the letters. Uh, we'll make sure they will leave more time for other letters uh, next week. Okay. But um, this was uh, a special edition, so yeah, for well, once in a, in a long time. <laughs> okay. So anyway, we'd still love to hear from you. So do write us and let us know what programs you listen to. Our address is PO Box 123-199 Taipei, Taiwan. Our email address is rti at rti.org.tw. And of course, please do remember to check out our Facebook page and our YouTube channel as well. All right. See you next week. I'm Shirley Lin. I'm John Ventrias. Goodbye. Bye. Thank you for listening to Radio Taiwan International, broadcasting from Taipei, Taiwan. Check out our website at english.rti.org.tw. Again, that's english.rti.org.tw for the latest news and features from Taiwan. You can also listen to our programs and watch videos as well. Our 60-minute English language program can also be heard every day at the following times and frequencies. In southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. Again, that's in southern China and South Asia from 1600 to 1700 UTC on 9405 kHz. And in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. Again, that's in Southeast Asia from 0300 to 0400 UTC on 15320 kHz. We'd love to hear from you. Please send your comments to P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Again, that's P.O. Box 123-199, Taipei, Taiwan. Or send an email to rti at rti.org.tw. Again, that's rti at rti.org.tw. Also visit us on Facebook. The address is fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International. Once again, on Facebook, we're located at fb.me forward slash Radio Taiwan International for videos, photos, and news of interest from Taiwan. Thank you once again for listening to Radio Taiwan International. Thank you.